All right, behind the panels live at Good Games Hurstville is starting in five, four, three, two. We're too late, Watson. Constable Thompson is already dead. And judging by this lit cigarette, the killer must be close. Quick, Watson. Let's hotbox this crime scene. What? Why? My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 129, the comic book show that's coming to you live from Good Games Hurstville. Can the room give me some noise? Yay! I love you already. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. And Dave Longo. And I'm Jamie Lawrence. Hey, stranger in the room. In this issue, Spider-Man joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sony and Marvel have finally combined forces to break the internet. Then it's Darth Vader, Empty Divinity, The Walking Dead, and what we've been reading and watching. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, Watson Holmes, A Study in Black by Carl Bollers, with art by Rick Leonardi and Larry Stroman. This is Behind the Panels. Live. Track of life from a steady rhythm. Like, brr, stick them. Ha, 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 stick them. Black's a lyrical magician in the East Coast tradition. Leave the mic on the stand like the sword in the stone. Rappers all sound the same. I'm getting bored of these clones. As we embark on a journey like Watson at home. Into the hood. Neighbors want to lock up their homes. Yeah, I didn't impress you, huh? No, look, it was the only thing. Actually, uh, Jamie sent this to me earlier in the week. Uh, it, it was a Watson and Home themes rap. Oh, okay. And that's as far as I'm going on that because we are doing part of an ghetto. entire album of Watson and Holmes themed rap. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, I like the fact that there is an album. <laughs> Let's address the elephant in the room, or should we say the audience in the room? Okay. We actually Hello? have an audience. We have people here waiting for us. There's book club people waiting in the wings, but they seem to be playing DC dick, deck builder games at the moment. DC, what, what was that? <laughs> that? That's a very different deck builder game. Of the game. I am joined here, uh, as always, by the mana leaking David McC. <laughs> the chaotic neutral Dave Longo and our dungeon master <laughs> Jamie Lawrence thank you for hosting us here tonight you are very welcome and nice to meet you out there panels world welcome to the panels world you've been mentioned a few times on the show to be fair only a few. I, I believe so yeah. like uh, 300 in the last week <laughs> yeah that's true actually and we have an audience here live how freaky is it going to be when you're listening back to this and you remember me pointing directly at you and you and you and everybody else out there the hundreds of people that have showed up tonight. now you people here will remember because I know some of you listen to the show once or twice that we like to get a little way back sometimes we like to do our vintage clip of the week We're introducing, ladies and gentlemen, Ghetto Man. Hi, Mama. Hey, boys, I look around me tonight, I see a whole lot of super, but I don't see too many brothers. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, the NAACP asked you guys to integrate. And I'm sorry, but we don't feel the Green Lantern qualifies as colored people. And if you think the hog man's so tough, let him walk through Harlem with them wings on. <laughs> By the time he got to Lenox Avenue, he'd be Kentucky Fried. <laughs> I hear the call of distress. 
There's a child trapped in the elevator of a 17-story housing project. This is a job for Ghetto Man. <laughs> Dig y'all later. Nineteen seventy-nine. It was a different time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a very good yeah. That was Ghetto Man from this was the Legends of the Justice League. That was when they actually had a panel of people roasting the Justice League on we stage. We must find this. Oh, that I found it. Complete. It's brilliant. We played it one. We played a clip once before, but the complete thing is bootleg. Actually, no, you can get it through the DC. No, like, oh, on, oh, I know. Uh, the Warner on the demand. Warner on demand. That's what, right. If you go to WarnerArchives.com or whatever it is, you can get that video entirety. On demand, it is bizarre. Why uh, didn't um, DC it? include this in their new new post convergence? Post convergence. I reckon. I reckon up. Jack Snyder's going to be. Don't like, say it too directing. loud. Grant Morrison will write it into multiversity. <laughs> I would watch. <laughs> Cole Sewan. <laughs> It'll be G H Eto Man. <laughs> well, there's a couple of Earths that still are empty. They can put stuff in there. You know, it's like. <laughs> well, there's a reason we did that. We're doing this tonight because, of course, we are doing. Watson and Holmes, A Study in Black, which is kind of the ghetto version of Holmes and Watson. This was, of course, uh, the pick from our aforementioned Dungeon Master, who was doing this as part of, and we should give a shout-out to the Words in Bubbles. Uh, mm. Did I say Words in Bubbles? Is it Words in Bubbles? No, it's Words in Bubbles. It's yeah. Words in Bubbles. I, I bubbles. doubted myself there for a second. <laughs> the words a comic book, what does it have? It has Words in Bubbles. Words yeah. in Bubbles, book show. Well, one of the books we do this week. It actually makes week. sense if you think about it. No, I'm still not that You'll have to explain it to me after the show. Um, we're doing this. There's going to be a, more hip-hop than usual in this show, uh, should I That's say. That's pretty good considering we're four pasty white guys. <laughs> it didn't stop the Beastie Boys. There was only three of them. But uh, we have been reading other things other than this this week. So I think it's time for a little bit of what we've been reading. Where? Looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. Yes, we did. And uh, we and in got the bubbles. That's getting into a whole different territory. I don't want to touch right <laughs> Words now. Words in panels? Some of you have any of you read I don't know if any of you are reading. Uh, the new Star Wars comics that have come out. Has any of you checked these out? No, there's a brand new just uh, official Star Wars comics now that Disney's owning Marvel. Again, sorry, other way around. Uh, Disney, yeah, Disney yeah, owns Disney Marvel, owns Marvel again, yeah, that's right. And they also own Star Wars. They're doing Marvel Star Wars comics again. And their official set between um, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars. Not A New Hope. Not episode four, Star Wars. Do you know, um, the actual no. worst comic I've ever read was a Star Wars comic. Star Wars, the first comic you ever read. No, no, the worst comic. Oh, the worst comic you ever the read. Worst comic. It was one of those dark horse trades, and it was actually set between uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And it was all about the economics of <laughs> of the fact that we just blew up all the empire's money. So Phantom Menace, basically, <laughs> it was about tax embargoes. It was abominable. You know. Hey, we've got people. More Audience people have just walked in. in the door here. People are walking in as we talk. <laughs> it's a very crowded venue. I'm not used to people coming in while we're recording. <laughs> but anyway, um, a new one's come out. Darth Vader. This is by, uh, help me out here. Uh, Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen is the writer and Salvador La Rocca is the artist. I remember the artist, Salvador The La artist Rocca. is amazing, so we um, can. <laughs> the art is amazing. This is, and it ties into the other Star Wars comic. It now, does. It actually has scenes from the, the Star Wars yeah. Issue one um, as flashbacks. So it's out this week. It's out tonight in shops. Uh, if to they're go open. Read, if they're open. So 
Not this one, but they're out in some <laughs> shops. Uh, so go and check it out. Check it out digitally if you can. It's really good, though, because it's, it's the first Star Wars comic actually got the voices of all the characters right. And this sort of, even though Vader doesn't talk too much... And you can't but hear it. But it does the have him facing off against Jabba the Hutt, which was just awesome. But can yes. I also point out that I think it is also the first time ever that we see Sad Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I wanted to hear Sad Vader with a bit of. Luke. <laughs> no! <laughs> Why did you leave me? He gets, he gets chastised by the, empire, by the Emperor, and it's like he walks out with his tail between his legs. <laughs> It's I'm like, sorry I blew up the Death Star, Dad. Okay. <laughs> it's the last time you get the keys to the Death Star. I'm not leaving it with you. The keys? The keys. The keys to the Death Star. <laughs> the Death Star. Dad, can I have the keys Just to leave the Death them Star? On the I left my keys at home. It's going to blow up Alderaan today. I have to so, do it tomorrow. So, the point is, we like the book. Loved it. We love the book. We, we loved, loved it. the book. It's, it, there's a whole lot of sci-fi at the moment. There's another book called um, Divinity, which is out at the moment. This is out through a company called Valiant, who are doing these really beautiful prestige format books at the moment. And this one's by Matt Kint. Uh, and those of you back in your pillow forts at home may know of him from things like Mind, Mind Management. Mind Management. Or Mind MGMT, <laughs> if you prefer. It's supposed to be a Ridley Scott can't film. spell. <laughs> <laughs> It's the abrevved version of Mitchman. Uh, it's really beautiful. It's, it's sort of about the, the co- uh, this Russian cosmonaut who was sent in the 50s or 60s, I think it was, uh, f- as far into space, further than into space than anyone's ever gone, and he comes back super smart, yeah. and he's sort of straddling space and time. So and he encounters. And I think at the same time, there's a caveman, and you're and following it's, him. And it's it's a bit yeah. Morrison in a lot yeah, of ways. A bit yeah. ways. Yeah, sounds it's, a bit Kubrick. Uh, it's really yeah. really cool though. So check that one what out. What it does really remind me of is there's a Matthew Riley novel called Temple. Yeah, and it's very much in the same kind of thing, following two different time periods, and they converge mm. at the end. And you know, remember Trillium as well recently. Jeff yeah, Lemire's Jeff Trillium Lemire's is one, another yeah. one that's similar too. I, I love Matthew Riley's books for the fact that you know exactly what they're about just by looking at the cover. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Seven ancient wonders. This is about seven things. This one's about How six. How many wonders are in this book? <laughs> are they ancient? They're the two things I, I need to know going into a book. Contest. Will there be ancient wonders? <laughs> we should, we've been very rude to our host and apparently Dungeon Master. Um, you said you've got two books here you've been reading. I uh, have. At the moment. I, I figured I would join in on the action. No. Yeah. Who so, said you could? Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> I haven't read anything. I don't read. <laughs> Well, this I is going to make this segment really so short. All right, so, so, um, so look, I have a legendary hatred of uh, Brian Michael Bendis. How dare you, sir? <laughs> well, we just lost that <laughs> just, interview. Just like that. You, you, all you have to do is just look uh, at his Explain that, though. You can't, you can't um, just leave that in the air. You have to address uh, that. Well, a legendary hatred a legendary for Brian hatred. Michael Bendis. Look, I, I really loved Powers when it first started. I thought it was great. But every time I got to the letter column, I was like, who is this insanely rude person and why is he bagging out his own fans? Okay. <laughs> um, and and it, like, it became a real thing with me that he, he really abuses the people that he's writing for. And, and in, I've seen him in interviews do it as well and it's just not good. Couldn't, couldn't we just accept the comic for what it is and not... No, the, the, the author is not dead. <laughs> but when have you guys ever heard of a comic you, book But if I had gone that back to the well... <laughs> With Guardians of so, the Galaxy. So, yes, despite this, I, I decided to give the new Guardians a go. Um, yeah. And it's not bad. It's, it's this I is, wanted this to This is like where they brought in it. Angela, the song that, the, the, the name that always makes me think of a Jarvis Cocker song, but that's, I'm not going to I actually, I read the first I trade. I won't sing, I promise. The first trade was, was actually a little bit better because I think Angela is a very difficult character to do anything with. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, he's... 
there's definitely some moments where he's just not hitting the beat with, with Guardians. Yeah. It's, it certainly pales in comparison to the movie, which is what I figured they probably launched the series to coincide with. Or the Abnett Lanning run as well, which is... Mm. Exactly, mean, which is legendarily good, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so, so I wasn't thrilled by that. But uh, one thing I was thrilled by, thrilled enough to actually get uh, Dave to do a voice, is... Uh, That's right. Ready? Death. Of Wolverine. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's one oh, soundboard oh, I think right I'm, there. I, I, I think I'm a little hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's really, the metaphors, dear. <laughs> really surprisingly good book. I, I was expecting not much. Uh, and well, as we talked about before, the title tells you what it really happens. It's, in it's, a, it's a Matthew Riley book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but it was fun, you know, like like it was really classic Wolverine, you know, like I'm going to get insanely hurt while I insanely hurt somebody else. I'm going to go and hang out in Madripoor in disguise and I'm and going to tangle with low-level villains and, you know, it's going to be And spoilers, fun. he forms himself into his own collectible figurine by the end, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. brilliant. So Wait, my, question uh, is, my question is how long until they thaw him out, you know? That's all. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The other thing that came into focus with me for this this and the new stuff they're doing with the Joker in, in New 52, I really think that it's all because they know that they're ending it. Yeah. And, and I think Marvel knew that they were ending the current 616 and so they were ready to do something like this where it's just, hey, we'll kill our most valuable <coughs> character. Mm. That's a fair thought. <laughs> it, it gives someone a gr- really good storytelling opportunity. You know, like, who gets to kill Wolverine? Mm. One guy. They should have really messed it up. They just had Wolverine riding into battle on a Shetland pony or something. <laughs> he should have died in the motorcycle. Yeah, girl girl on the wings. Just, just you know? something, like, something like Final Crisis. He goes back in time, dies in Gettysburg, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and just take that fans. Just take it. Oh, okay, well, that's... I mean, there's a couple of things. Also, has anyone here watched The Walking Dead? Anyone? Show of hands, yeah. Has anyone watched it this week? That hand went up we'll really slowly, almost zombie-like. Yeah? <laughs> because, man, all the feels for that episode. That was, that was rough. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who might potentially see it because it only aired a couple of days ago, but, man, I'm, I'm still... Are you going to slap me if I say I'm still a season and a half behind? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's because it's not like we do a weekly comic book show or anything. Hey, I told you my feelings about the Walking Dead TV show. That's yeah. true. It lost me back way back. No, but don't when you, they were no, searching don't you see, for Sophia. They are the Walking Dead. Yeah, pretty much. That's the metaphor. <laughs> Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> it's a metaphor, David. <laughs> Wait, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, Gotham was also on this week. <laughs> My Mo- favourite show. Moving on to the next uh, section. Because <laughs> nothing happened in Gotham, that's why. Oh, they introduced the Scarecrow. Nothing ever but, happens in but, Gotham. Was the Scarecrow week, just a piece of wheat? There's a trailer for know, next you know. week and it's like, um, you've met the Scarecrow. You've met Penguin. This next character is a bit of a joke. <laughs> How good would it be with Gotham if the season ended on a cliffhanger and then the next season starts 15 years later <laughs> and just picks up with Batman investigating that old case that started then I'm 15 in. years ago. Yeah. How good would that be? As long as they bring it in Quilt Man, all right? Yeah. So there's still, were a there's heck still of a 15 years, years, years of stories to tell, though. There's all so many stories to tell, we'll guys. Know. How many stories are there to tell? Come on, there's a lot. 75 years worth? Yeah. Yeah, they could It's tell. true, you're in trouble once you get down I want to the, see Bruce the origin Wayne's of Firefly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Harvey Dent's first Little League game. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Clock King when he was an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the important stories. Where did where did Gotham come from? How did they name it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Solomon Grundy's Some, just born Somebody on got Monday. Matthew Riley into advice. <laughs> 
and at the end, let's go. It's a Monday. <laughs> Next week on oh, Gotham Tuesday. Now we're going to move on to news headlines in a minute, but normally we play a little bit of theme here. We have like this news music, but there was a bit of news so monumental this week that I feel the need to change the music up a little bit. you hadn't guessed from the, uh, the the giant applause from the back of the room, the Sony Pictures Entertainment and Marvel Studios joined forces and officially announced this week that Sony is bringing Marvel into the world of the Amazing Spider-Man. I think that deserves a cheer. Woo! Under the new deal, <laughs> Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige will produce the next chapter in the Spider-Man franchise with Amy Pascal. Sony Pictures will release the next Spider-Man film on the 28th of July, 2017. The new Spidey will first appear in Captain America Civil War next year. And I'm so excited. I've got the book right here. And this is what's going to happen. And Spider-Man's going to do that. <laughs> and it's going to be really, really cool. Do you think he'll get Spider-Armor? Like, how do you fit that into a movie? Seriously. They yeah, Iron Man just care. passes just, it over. Just it. They it's can just like, do hi, anything. I'm Iron Man, have some armor. <laughs> no, I think they should just take a, a left we'll, turn we'll and talk just about pretend this. that everybody's met Spider-Man already. So it's just like, hey, Peter, how's it going? Good, Tony, how are you? There's, a, there's <laughs> some other news we'll talk about. We'll get back to this. Hang that on. would be the best business card, just handing someone their own suit of armor. <laughs> and the other news headlines. As a result of the Spider-Man news, Marvel Studios has also pushed back the dates of Thor's Ragnarok, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Inhumans by a few months. Did I just say Thor's Ragnarok? <laughs> the Walking Dead returned to 15.6 million viewers this week, remaining the number one show in the US amongst the important 18 to 49 age demographic. With time-shifted playback added, the number should exceed 20 million. Garth Ennis returns to Marvel in 2015 with artist Russ Braun for Secret Wars tie-in Where Monsters Dwell about a World War I fighter pilot battling dinosaurs. Soul, Soul. but I'm sure I've seen this before. Jamie Alexander will reprise her role as... We've met Jamie Alexander. We have. We have. Jamie Alexander will reprise her role as Lady Sif in another upcoming episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this time without her trademark armor or memory. Doesn't that just make her Jamie Alexander? We've met Jamie <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> Filmmaker and fellow podcaster Kevin Smith will voice Modoc in the Marvel Experience, an 80,000 square feet exhibition billed as the world's first hyper-reality tour. Finally, speaking of The Walking Dead, Emily Kinney will join The Flash as the villainous bug-eyed bandit. <laughs> <laughs> now let's, uh, let's talk about that Spider-Man stuff. I have one thing to say about the Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, that, now that I've got that in my system, no way. Recorded Ooh. live oh, at no. Good Games Hurst. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, there goes another one. Okay. That just went out to a bunch of people playing cards. <laughs> I, I just want to clarify. I saw that video. We are recording with our pants, yeah? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's why we have the red tablecloth. We of have course. witnesses. <laughs> only, only our socks, though. Oh, look. 
I, hey, where's your sock? Sorry. <laughs> just the one. All three of them. It's a mental image for the people We're talking about Spider-Man, guys. Come on. Stop doing this. We're going to talk about another kind of web shooting. (laughs) (laughs) If Spider-Man were recording this, he'd be in pajamas, right? Can we... (laughs) I've lost control of this point. Yes, you have. uh, How about that Sony deal, yeah? (laughs) Pretty good. Did something happen? Yep. Okay. I just read that thing out that I read. Oh, yeah, that thing. I was paying attention to it. Pretty good. (laughs) Look, this is... Staggering news. It's amazing. It's one of those things we always kind of said, you know, it would be really good if Sony would just give back Spider-Man for half a minute and we could just get him playing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Never happened, we said. Never going to happen. And then about four o'clock yesterday afternoon, I'm thinking, I've got no news for today. I've got nothing for the news I, headlines. I just let you know, I walk into <laughs> the back room of where I work and they say, let me show you something and he shows me this piece of news. And now we've like, just got our imagination. Oh, <laughs> I know. Isn't that good? He, he takes, me, takes me in the back room, shows me something. I go, oh my God. <laughs> Not Where's that. that sound effect from before? <laughs> Can we go into the men's locker room? There you go. <laughs> should, uh, should we be renaming this, this news? And it's like, I can't believe this Behind is Behind the penals. It's... it's <laughs> It's amazing, and I mean, I know everyone's now going. I love that the first reaction is is kind of like, okay, can we join up Fox as well? It's like, oh, can't you people be satisfied? No, I think I think Marvel took one look at uh, at uh, how, how crap Amazing Spider-Man Two was. Fox oh, okay. And said, "Your move, creep." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, you know, I'm very excited. And I think the interesting thing, though, that we do know about this, we know that um, they're probably going to recast Spider-Man. Yes. So we're all looking forward to a third origin film um, <laughs> in the next couple. I think of years. at this point, I like to imagine Kevin Feige as like a Kim Jong Un kind of Kevin dictator Feige who like lines play. up all these executives <laughs> and shoots one in the head. You know? <laughs> Look, I think at this point, I think at this point we can real. I think the general populace actually knows the origin of Spider Man. He You'd was bitten by, by a giant radioactive responsibility monster. <laughs> That's my understanding of the situation. A, a Jewish grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who kind of is really geriatric one issue and then kind of like spiffy the next Oscar. issue. Oh, no, I was talking about getting bitten by a Jewish oh, grandmother. okay, fair, yeah. fair enough. The uh, apparently Amazing Spider-Man 3 is out, so Andrew Garfield is looking for work. Um, sinister Stick, well, not... Emma Stone, she's There's dead. There's got to be a big well, victim. Well, Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah, because we can't talk about the <laughs> of Gwen Stacy. No, never. No. <laughs> uh, the uh, but apparently they're still persisting with sinister sticks and venom for some reason. Mm. Why? No, masochist. It was a dumb idea to start with, and uh, now mm. they've got a better option. Why would they stick with that? But I'm going to read some of the the press release Please here. Please do. The new level of collaboration is the perfect way to take Peter Parker's story into the future. There you go. So Peter Parker's still going to be there. So mm. we were thinking Miles Morales might be in there. So all the rumours going around Facebook Hang on, about into Miles. the future. Are we getting into Spider-Man the... 2099? <gasps> <gasps> no, we nah. won't be getting that. I don't think. No, probably not. It'll be Spider-Man, Spider-Man Future's End. Uh, Marvel... no, what, no, what we'll be getting is we'll be getting Spider-Man done right. Marvel and Sony Pictures are also exploring opportunities to integrate characters from the MCU into future Spider-Man films. So which means you could just have... Tony Stark turning up and going, what's up? <laughs> and that'll be it. That'll be the whole thing. That'll be the that whole would scene. be the whole budget. To I would watch the entire movie. There. As yeah. I understand, Tony... Uh, Interestingly Robert enough... You could get Schwama. Interestingly enough, we were actually having a chat, my son and I, who's over here, my son and I were having a chat about 
how they have a missed opportunity here because The Amazing Spider-Man, the first reboot with Andrew Garfield, was not actually that awful. And you could have actually rolled that into canon. There is nothing in that film that couldn't be used by Marvel for its own origin story to get that started and going. In fact, I think it was Nicholas who pointed out he swings on all the cranes going down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, they could be rebuilding New York after the Avengers for all we know. So, but then they did The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And shot themselves in the foot. So uh, this is this is an unpopular view, and I know for a fact that one of my regulars who's here is going to physically abuse me for saying it. But and if you'd like to physically abuse Jamie, <laughs> just please make your way to the front stage and wait for the show. But there hasn't actually been a Spider-Man film that didn't have something I liked. You know, like like uh, all of them had some redeeming features. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, three emo jazz Spider-Man. Spider-Man three was abominable. It was a bad film. <laughs> but if you jazz. cut out everything except the good Sandman, crane sequence, it's a great movie. The Sandman was amazing in that film. Good crane sequence at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good crane sequence. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever, rock on. (laughs) So we've got heaps of speculation between now and whenever they announce more stuff. But yeah, a little bit excited. A little bit. I think Can I, I just say, it's, it's pretty amazing that we're having this many like superhero movies at the time. There anyway, are 10 superhero know. movies coming out next year. Um, 30 between you know, now and 2020. You know what it's, what it's actually like? It's like Grant Morrison had said this thing once where it's like the amount of superhero movies out there in the world today is kind of what it's like to be inside one of these comic books as a normal yeah. person. You're yeah. walking around the streets and it's like, man, there's Spider-Man, man, there's Captain America, there's, you know, Ragnarok, like... It's hey, kind hey, did of the universe like, just you know, end and I, I didn't notice? Yeah, like a crisis <laughs> happens, you know, yeah. Does that mean... Like, this was a crisis. Like, right now, Spider-Man and... Um, That's true. And Marvel joining together is literally a crisis. It's a crossover event. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> <laughs> the world is ending in April. That is our exclusive news. Should we move on to the next section? What is the next section? I don't know what's the next section. I, don't know. You I think it's the pick of the... We should actually do the thing we let's, came here to do. Let's do it, because there's people out there who are waiting for it. Okay, so those of you who actually turned up, having read Watson and Holmes, A Study in Black, now is your time to shine. So I don't know if any of you are interested. Let's go. Uh, they're still playing deck builder over oh, there. Stuart. <laughs> I'm going to hit some buttons and see if I can entice them No, what about them these people that haven't read it? They should just come up and read it live. What do you reckon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's on this iPad. Here you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to press this button. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's, it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. Watson. Holmes. You know the names. Their exploits are legendary. I meant you, my dear Watson. This isn't your traditional Sherlock. Watson. What have you done? You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. The envisaging Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in New York City's Harlem, the unlikely duo meet in an emergency room and are soon embroiled in a world of drugs, gangs and a vast conspiracy. Written by Carl Bowers with art by Rick Leonardi and Larry Stroman, this is Watson and Holmes, a study in black. Straight out of Compton. Yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. We came straight out of Compton, but took 
a left turn into Harlem. Ended up in <laughs> somehow we're in Hurstville, but it's 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 sort of I'm waiting for round, you to get up and round the thing. <laughs> You'll be waiting a while, my friend. <laughs> What's in the home to study minutes. in black is, of course, as we said before, by Carl Bollers, with art by Rick Leonardi and Larry Stroman. This was a pick by uh, our recent guest. That would be so me. recent that he's still on the show. And Dungeon Master. Don't forget that and Dungeon, Dungeon Master. And Dungeon Master. Which I'm getting some weird mental images off that, too. So, um, well... Why did you pick this one? This, okay. was, this was your choice, because you were going to do this for your book club anyway. Yeah. And so, we kind of co-opted it. So one of the things that uh, my we did with the book club was throw it open to the members. What are some cool things that you think we should read? And uh, and one of my friends, the one who, who will hurt me for saying I liked Spider-Man, part of Spider-Man 3, uh, he... Gave me Watson and Holmes and said, you know, we should totally read this book. It's, it, you know, we like Holmes, we like Watson. Uh, it's, it's right up our alley. Um, and from there, yeah, we, uh, I read it, thought it was amazing, and well, really good. And we, yeah, we we're there. So this is taking. There's one of the conversations we were having earlier this week. You you were saying that one of the great things about Holmes is that, particularly because he's in the public domain, well, Watson too, and. So many different interpretations have been played over the last couple of years. I played a bit of music just then from the Guy Ritchie, Robert Downey Jr. version. Mm-hmm. We've got the Benedict Cumberbatch Holmes. We've elementary. got Elementary in the US. We've had all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mentalist. The Mentalist. You know, there's so many variations. There's one with um, Ian McKellen this. coming out at the end of the year. Yeah, Mr. Holmes. Mr. Holmes. Yeah. We've you got shall not pass. <laughs> Watson. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had, you know, one of the greatest Star Trek episodes of ever, you know, with... Uh, the butler from the nanny playing Moriarty. So uh, just he was think much about more frightening before he became the butler from the nanny. Yeah, no, I still think the nanny was a pretty frightening show. Yep. Yeah. I, caught, I caught an episode the other day, and those shoes, my god. <laughs> but so the, one of the things you were saying about this book, though, is that even though it's it's set in a completely different environment to to 19th century London, so we've transplanted from 19th century London to 21st century New York Harlem. Um, and completely changed uh, the origins and backgrounds of the main two characters. You feel as though this is still effectively Holmes. Well, Conan actually, Doyle, anyway. I've thought more about it since then and kind of changed my view <laughs> um, okay. in, in some interesting ways related to what you've just said. So one of the things that struck, struck me immediately about the book is that Holmes is Holmes. He is not an adaptation of Holmes. He is, the origi- he is Sherlock Holmes. He is speaking like Sherlock Holmes does. He's walking around Harlem, you know, going on about... It's a fascinating case, Watson. The game's foot. He does not speak in the local vernacular. He is Holmes, which is a fascinating thing to transplant that character to a different location. I've had a bit more time to think about it since we had that conversation, and the more I think about it, the more the Harlem that we're presented with in this book is Victorian London in a lot of ways. Um, they're both suffering from extreme poverty, from class division. Uh, they're both happening in a period of, of urban development and new technology, and all that is showcased in this book. And you know, like it, it really is quite an amazing marrying of the two cultures uh, in the story. I thought it was interesting because that, that one of those things that you were talking about the the, the fact that he talk, walks around um, Harlem with kind of speaking like Holmes. 
And it's weird because you'll go from one page, it's like, we've got to close this book and shake it on down. And the next thing is, the game's a foot, Watson. That's right. Well, and it's like, I, it, I found it hard to kind of marry those two concepts sometimes. Did you? I don't know. What do you guys I actually yeah. agree. That's so it was actually one of my criticisms of the book was that I felt that they hadn't quite decided whether they wanted to make him a classic Holmes or yeah. whether they wanted to make him more street. And I actually would have gone either way with this because you could have had Watson as the more street hip doctor and you could have had Holmes as quite stiff upper lipped mm. or you could have had you know Holmes be completely you know let's go down with it and so forth but the problem we had was as you said he actually says on in one panel we got a book but then in the next panel he says the game's afoot and you sit there and go wait a minute I'm not this is not gelling for me yeah it is. because there's, I can't there's a little discontinuity there yeah um, one of the things that that I mean you look at the cover of the book and you're you're totally expecting you know what you talking about, Watson? You know, it, it, it's it's there, like, it, and and obviously, you know, the whole thing is racially charged, and that's that's the point of the book in a lot of ways. But uh, but the, well, I guess it's the other that. way around almost because in this version, it's like they're not ghetto. That's right. It's like the it's like anybody can be Sherlock Holmes. Anybody really, Sherlock Holmes. it's like that's it's the same at. kind of you know yeah. And you know, it's, one of the fascinating things about Holmes is you know you're talking about a character with a. 120 year legacy. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's more than Superman. If a writer yeah. comes to Superman, you've, you've got to have a good idea because yeah. it's been written before. Mm. You know, but but the kind of thing one of the, one of the big things for me about this book is is that it doesn't really differentiate itself that much That's from right. the kind of Sherlock Holmes stories that have existed before. Exactly. And so I'm kind of weighing it up against things like you know the Benedict Cumberpatch mm -hmm. Sherlock, which I think is amazing. I don't think it kind of reaches that level and it's, it kind of doesn't really different. add anything interesting to Conan Doyle's work well one either, of the things that, that I thought was actually yeah was interesting is that it doesn't it, it really is drawing on all the, tra the traditional tropes of Holmes mm. and bringing them in to that different setting and really that's what I think what we're supposed to take from this four issue arc mm. is that that story and those characters are removed from any mm. particular setting yeah. they've gone into the public domain like Richard said and mm. anyone can have them now and, and they fit with anyone. Mm. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that the whole thing centers around a basic plot device which, which was used by Conan Doyle, um, which is the crime being committed at, in the lower levels of society, mm. so no one notices, and you know, but suddenly Holmes does. Um, you know, that's, that's become a trope that we've seen you know, time and again in, in Doctor Who and The Flash and Buffy and whatever. Um, but for them to actually take that and use it and use all Conan Doyle's ideas in this, in this different setting is, you know, it's exciting. It's mm. a, a really different take on the character. Mm. Even though he's the same. No, yeah. no, look, I, and the I, kind I, of thing as well, like, I just wanted to add quickly, like, we're only really talking about five issues of a comic book here, too, so true. it's kind of hard to see, you know, where this could go and what it could develop into. Well, it's, it's interesting yeah. you say that because there's, one, there's a couple more issues that have come out. I know this is not in this volume we're talking about tonight, but issue six, which is actually available for free at the moment on Comixology... But probably by the time you listen to this recording, it won't be. No, I think it's only um, free until the 14th. So. Yeah, because it's not only Black History Month in the US, it's also Black Comics Month they've done to yeah. celebrate as well. So there's a, a promotion code happening with that. But the sixth issue is really interesting because it's about a murder. It's a one-shot. One and, and it deals with transgender and it deals with uh, high society. And, and for some reason, this one-shot... Uh, murder story worked far better for me than this five issue 
miniseries. Well, actually, you know? to go to take that one step further, the the trade yeah. uh, study in black. The first four issues are the story. The fifth yes. issue is this epilogue, and the epi- yeah. the epilogue I yeah. actually preferred over the four issues because the epilogue was coming back to the dead baby at the beginning and basically telling it within the span of a day because uh, it's actually clocked out by the by yeah, you know 15 minutes later 15 minutes later what have you mm-hmm. about him solving the mystery of that's the right. dead baby in the very first panel and that issue for me was actually a much more satisfying story than I, the I four, the four issues the, that the best led in up a lot to of it. ways yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing you get with that fifth issue, is that one-off feeling. And I think it works much better in that short form, I think. I think what actually happened with him is that he was finding this Carl Bollas, the writer, I I thought he was... He sort of had this notion of combining, you know, get Harlem with Holmes and was still finding his feet with it, maybe, in the first few issues. And then as he gets to those one-shots, it maybe it's a clearer idea of what he was trying to do. Maybe he, he, uh, you know, actually found his foot with a character a little bit more by that stage. Yeah. knew who the voice of this guy was by that stage. Because bits of it are really good. And I actually, I'm not saying I, I really disliked the book by any means. It's just that I, I didn't, it never sat comfortably for me for the first four issues. But once it hits its stride in issue five, in issue six, I really started enjoying not only the book, but the characters more as well. And I think he found their yeah. voices as well. I think I agree a little bit with that. I, the big problem with this one is the amount of knowledge you need to go into it. It's like if you don't know who Watson is or you don't know who Moriarty is or anything like that, or Mycroft even. Moriarty is reduced to a shoe company. There's a lot of The kind of point is it's like if you don't know, you kind of feel stupid for not knowing. Yeah, absolutely. uh, There's a lot of nods to Holmes' history in there and Mm. um, even even little things like uh, Watson was in Afghanistan Mm. and the original Watson was in Afghanistan, you know, so they they actually sort of made a joke on that. But yeah, you know, if you're not... uh, up on your homes, yeah. Then yeah. it's kind of like, what am I reading here? Like, yeah. But by the same token, I think you can still enjoy it, you know, as a, as, as its own thing. Mm, I don't well, think you necessarily yeah. into it, but I think you're right. You absolutely need some of that home stuff, and maybe there's an that's assumption what, that's what gives it this sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge kind of quality, I which I don't really kind of like. I suppose there's an yeah. assumption. Well, yeah, it's like you have to be in on this to, yeah, to get it. Yeah. As you said, homes is everywhere. Yeah. There's been so many different versions of it. Um, you know. In fact, the clip we played at the very start of the show was, you know, based on... Uh, it was an animated uh, series that's online based on the adventures of a stoned version of Holmes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting in this, and, you know, elements of his of the stories that you know, you know, his opium addiction and, and things like that have sort of been, you know... Touched on there, yeah. Yeah, transferred into sort of a modern setting, and... and, and some of them work, some of them don't. Was it actually it, my uh, interpretation, my imagination, or did Mycroft kind of insinuate that Holmes might be a little bit crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he basically saying to Watson, a... "Can you look after him?" Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that's always been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watson's Watson's the the calming influence. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but uh, there's a difference between him being a little bit out there as a person and being actually a little crazy. I think he was he was he was kind of certified. He, did, he was definitely spot. manic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the thing. I mean and it is one of the things about transplanting homes into a modern setting and I don't I, and it kind of works with the the Cumberbatch stuff and it works with uh, some of the other versions but the whole notion of Holmes as a private investigator who hope, helps out the cops. And there's a certain point where you have to kind of like suspend your disbelief, but the more you try and make it realistic, the more you try and put that into a realistic setting 
the harder it is to kind of go, oh, yeah, that's logical. Let us let him wander through and take yeah, you actually, know, evidence and things like I that. I actually you know. found the relationship with uh, Stroud. Lestrade. Strahd. Strahd? What are they called? The, it's like the Leanna girl, Strahd the or something. Strahd, yeah. 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 I found her, uh, the relationship there was, was stretching the bounds. It was. It was. Yeah, this is the kind of thing what the... This is, this the, is modern um, New York. They're not going to let him just trudge his way well, in, in the sixth issue, he's in a shootout and they're out there talking to the cops going, oh yeah, they vouch for you. You guys seem okay. Yeah, exactly. No, this isn't going to happen. That, um, the Stephen Moffat Sherlock does so well, which is it gives you millions of excuses and, and to understand how brilliant Sherlock Holmes is and why he is who he is. And the modern day setting of um, Sherlock, well, yeah. they go all the time, they actually hammer on like his scientific mind, his ability mm. to make connections that most people couldn't. Whereas this one here doesn't really give you he's, anything. He's a computer. It's like, what does he do? Like, he just, yeah. home, he just looks right. at something and knows. It's like, show yeah. me how he... That's what all leads well, this, to the believability of it all. This is the bigger question then. I mean, despite what we've said about the whole notion of it, it being transplantable anywhere, is Holmes quintessentially British though? And if you take that away, because maybe the reason the Cumberbatch version works so well is because it's still London. And if you, you think know? about the, oh, I don't know the if I agree with that. current US Look at the Robert Downey entry, version. Yeah. He's still British. Well, he's British. He's still British, yeah. yeah. You know? so even it's interesting. It's I think that there's definitely a link between British culture and Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way that there's... That James Bond is British and Doctor Who is British and mm. you know like those things will always be iconically British mm. but I guess The Mentalist is, is the other example that uh, you yeah. want to pull up here you know that, that is American Sherlock Holmes uh, that, that character is but he, but he is a very different character to Sherlock though no I, mean, I don't know, I don't know he's, like, he's like, got um, the same even, idea even like something like Lethal Weapon is, is a Sherlock Holmes story you know, a, a buddy cop thing. Like Sherlock Holmes is essentially the origin of the buddy cop. No, but story. we're talking about that whole Sherlock yeah. analytical mind. Yeah, no, I guess so. But you have that you know, with that Lethal uh, Weapon. It's like you don't Batman. Have Everyone's got a different one, right? Oh, no, they did work out that the bomb was attached to the toilet. That took, <laughs> <laughs> that took some cunning. <laughs> on free, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, but he you guys. Yeah. With, There's a bomb under the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted. This Watson to go. I'm getting too old for this shit. No, but basically, it's like let's put two mismatched people together. Yeah. And. They'll through their dynamics. They'll get the odd couple. So, so by the end of by the end of the book, it, I agree. It felt like they were starting to identify the characters and hit a bit of a stride. At the start, Absolutely. it was it was struggling. There were moments when it was, it was off key, and there were moments when it was really really clever. Um, and yeah. yeah, I can see what you're saying about is Sherlock British, and is that why it doesn't quite get there? Mm. But those moments in the first issue where he says, you know, the game's afoot and where he, he just spouts off verbose language that mm. doesn't really gel, uh, they, kind of, they kind of worked for me. I, kind I suppose, of yeah, because Sherlock's meant to be a little bit weird. A little bit, he's he meant was, to be outside everybody else. He is a little a bit way. outside yeah, of true. society, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that was my issue, though, which I wanted him to go further with that rather than, rather fall, than, rather than falling back on back. the street. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, he make stuck him, somewhere make in between, wasn't he? Make yeah. him an alien in the street. Yeah, you know what I mean? Make him so that he is so uh, outside that Mycroft would think he's crazy, you know? Well, he um, had dreadlocks, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, so dreadlocks make him cool, edgy. not crazy. Dreadlocks yeah. be cray cray. <laughs> no. uh, it, and and really Watson had no hair. <laughs> No hair at all. So it was, that was the dichotomy there. It was dreadlocks versus hair. No hair at all. That was That's my reading. Of I, I like the fact that by the sixth issue, which isn't in this study, but in the sixth issue, they've given they've completely forgotten that Watson is even a doctor. He's just packing heat, and he's he's the muscle. You know? he's there, he's there, what happened? Yeah, they, one point I think like changed, Watson hasn't man. slept in like four days. Yeah. I'd really, yeah. and he's like shooting people like across rooftops, like with complete accuracy. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a book where I'd really like to talk to the creators and, and sort of say, you know, what were you going for and, and where did it go? You mm. know, because I think there is, if you look at the, this book was originally Kickstarted, and if you watch the Kickstarter video, it's actually taken walking around the streets of Harlem and you, you actually get a really urban vibe yeah. for what the book is going to be. Uh, and it, it starts to be there, but it ends up being sort of this dark, gritty version of CSI, um, mm. which, which isn't really as Holmes which, and Watson as Which you is want. the danger of the modern sort of cop story that's mm. going to be CSI. It's going to be... Yeah. And know, it is Lauren kind of hampered a little bit be, by know. the PG aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, they can't swear. It's all in... Like symbols and so it's yeah. yeah it's almost like we wanted to do the Bronx but we couldn't put that into a comic for you mm. yeah and and I think maybe there's some artifacts of that left that jar for us mm. yeah. I, think, I think you actually have a reading of this book don't you uh, don't you have a reading of this oh book? I do have a reading of this book Here, here's yeah. some of the uh, the the sort of street language that was used uh, in here hey you know what they say see a brawl to get that booty act <laughs> leg it down or smack them yak them Oh, got to be. Yo, shit. Yeah. It doesn't go that far, though. That's part of the problem. I talk jive. I actually wanted it to go that far. It would have been awesome if, like, um, Sherlock Holmes... We earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, you know, Danny McBride and those guys? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They, they'd planned a movie once where it was a, a homeless guy who sniffed glue under a bridge. And whenever he got insanely high, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this right now. <laughs> whenever, whenever he got insanely high, he would become a brilliant detective. And no studio would pick the movie up, which is a shame because it sounds amazing. Yeah, but like that—that that, that could have been in here. Like Sherlock Holmes can't think properly unless he's absolutely out of his mind. Well, that's the classic Sherlock Holmes. That is it? part of. Well, what yeah, it was. exactly. Well, or opium, playing baby, violin. Opium. He needed more opium. Yeah. yeah, originally it was he got so bored when yeah. he wasn't on a case. Yeah. How cool would it have been, though? Because <laughs> Watson's a doctor. Sherlock Holmes could be there while Watson's operating on a body. Yeah. And he could just be punching a cone, like, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Watson. <laughs> got it. Let's hotbox the room. Let's, the game's afoot, you know. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Games afoot, dude. Yeah. Shit. What are we doing again? Now that bu- that book I would have read. Okay. <laughs> oh man. One thing that I think really does deserve some praise, though, I really liked the art. In the art's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's so down and dirty and rough lines, yeah. and yeah, you know, it really shines. Mm. And and I was saying earlier. Uh, when I was looking at it originally, I was like, "Who is this artist? I know mm. this guy. You know, the style's really familiar." And uh, and it's um, it's Rick Leonardi is the artist who did all the original Peter David X Factor stuff mm. in the nineties, yeah, which right. was which was really it was one of my, my comics amazing, when I was growing though, up. Yeah, isn't the art amazing? I really love it. Yeah, he's and it, it flows really well. I think you know. he's done he's done work for Marvel. He did Spider Man. Mm. He did. New Mutants. He's done. A fa- he's been pretty much for everything at Marvel. He's just got a massive list. And one of the interesting things about the writer Bollards is that he used to be a Marvel editor. That's mm-hmm. what he, he was known for. He also wrote a significant number of Marvel books as well. Um, so he's got that background. And I think you mentioned you touched on it briefly before the Kickstarter aspect of it. And I think that's one of the admirable qualities of this book as well that it was a Kickstarter. It was a yeah. personal project. It was a passion project. And as you say, it managed to. We're talking about it here on the opposite side of the world. That's you right. Know. You know, four, four privileged white guys talking about the Gala, Harlem. What do we know? Pa- you know? Who you call us privileged? Pasty white guys. Pasty white guys. Very pasty. One, one other thing about the art that I, I thought was actually really clever. If you have a look through, uh, we're talking about the grim, gritty, harsh line style. 
everyone's eyes, except for Watson and Holmes, are rough sketches. But Watson and Holmes yeah. always have really clearly drawn eyes, which is which interesting. is interesting. Interesting. I didn't even notice that. No. I'm gonna have to go back and have a look at that again. That's very well, there good. You go. So that's the thing. So we've got a range of opinions here across the board. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is quite one that we'd, we'd probably put into our uh, Comics 101 list. I don't think it's quite Comics no, 101. Um, but it was an interesting book. Thank you for suggesting this one, Jamie. Now, we've got... This is normally a Words in Bubbles book club discussion-y type thing. Mm-hmm. And if any of you have read this book and want to ask any They're questions about it... Builder. Or if they want to talk <laughs> about it or anyone wants to talk any questions or wants to ask anything else... Uh, now is your time to come down here, but you will be given an opportunity to answer some questions in a moment because we also have prizes. Prizes? Uh, prizes? Prizes? Prizes! Cool. Yes, I saw some little eyes look up then going, prizes? Can I win things? That You know, I'm, I'm talking to right to you right uh, there. You yeah, guys down on right. the back table, roll a 20-sided <laughs> dice, critical hit, you get a prize. No, no, no. Right no, now, no. I like one of those j- we're like one of those jazz bands that sits in the corner and you know everyone's having their dinner. <laughs> I call it's this like, next one. Should we one. keep playing, boys? <laughs> I call this next one Rhapsody in Black. It's dinner theatre, folks. Play that song again. So, uh, what, what would that band be called? We've got a bit of feedback uh, the here. The Beatles. Of course. Oh, <laughs> with feedback. The feedback. The and the panels. <laughs> the John we, Luke Picards. <laughs> we, uh, it wouldn't be a uh, behind-the-panels show at all unless we got some feedback from our good friend, John D. Oh, there's the girl. Hey, girl. The girl. Girlfriend yeah. Panema. There we go. Uh, John D. writes to us to congratulate us on our first live show. He says, good evening, morning, gentlemen. He is aware that we did it live at Comic-Con, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he okay. is he's aware. Okay, now, so it's not actually our first live he, show. He's one that we can get a bit of <laughs> audience participation on. And the first two people who come up to us and, and decide they want to contribute to this will win a fabulous prize that is on this table here somewhere. As given out by the Dungeon Master. As given out by Dungeon Master and provided by our Lords and Masters at Good Games Hurstville. Um, <laughs> Sponsorship goes a now long way with this Now he says to us, <laughs> assuming that Professor X is a given and pulling only from previous members of the team, who would you choose to fill your dream team of X-Men, assuming you only have seven spots to fill? That's a lot of assumptions. It's a lot of assumptions. Uh, Now, he says that his list looks something like this. That would have worked smoothly if it had the list up. You're going to have to read it out. They can't see. Kitty Pride, Rogue, Colossus, Beast, Storm, and Gambit. Interesting, no Wolverine. No, but he also chose Gambit, who I actually controversial... I don't like. Interesting. So, mm. Now, I took up this challenge. I did too. Okay, Dave, would you like to start with yours? Sure, why not? So, because I'm old, as I've said many times yeah. on the show, yeah, all my X-Men come from the 80s, yeah. because that's my X-Men, and yeah. I would say Jean Grey, Phoenix, yes. uh, Storm, Kitty Pride. Uh, who is just awesome all around. You have to have Kitty yeah. Pride. Uh, Rogue, because she's badass and muscles. Uh, Colossus Nightcrawler and Wolverine from the 1980s, not the current incarnation. Not the dead not, one. Not, 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 <laughs> not the dead one and not the magical one who can Let's just go, steal. Wolverine's corpse. <laughs> yeah, weekend at Woolies. <laughs> Let us throw him at that. That would be really He'd handy. He'd be pretty that heavy be to carry, team. though, wouldn't he? I've got a few crossovers. I went with Kitty Pride as well. Of course. Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Um, I also went with Nightcrawler because, you know, I love the German accent. Bam. That's fantastic. And he goes, bam. And, and, and he goes, yes, Liebstrom. Uh, I had to go with Storm because... She controls storms and of stuff. Course. I mean, she's 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 a she's a, she's royalty. Absolutely, and she's oh, on my man. Number two. Absolutely. Uh, rogue, because you know, absorbing stuff. She's the brawn. She's the, she's the and she says thing. sugar, sugar. She's a southern <laughs> girl. Uh, Psylocke, because 
Purple. I like purple. Okay, purple's yeah. good. And Quicksilver, because you need a speedster. Mm. And, and I went... My last choice may be somewhat controversial and maybe also 80s-based. I went with Dazzler. <gasps> because they might go into a dark room at some stage <laughs> and just need... You know, well, if, and, and she does have a movie. If yeah. You're gonna, <laughs> if you're going to say Dazzler, can you, can you say it right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> one show in, and you've already got your own catchphrase. You your go. Longo West catchphrase. Now, one that we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, did you come up with a list? I did. I did a uh, Beast, Kitty Pride, Magic. Hang on, hang on. What incarnation of Beast are we talking here? Uh, we're. Uh, Blue and the, fuzzy. The blue one? Blue hairy <laughs> one? Okay, the good. one okay. everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> pre, pre cat monster or cat monster? The after. After. Post. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Grant yeah. Morrison's yeah. Beast. Te- the teacher. <laughs> yeah. The teacher. Yeah. Um, so Beast, Kitty Pride, two teachers, then Magic, Quentin Choir, Hope Summers, Cable, and Deadpool. Because I just really like the idea of two stuffy professorial X Men having to deal with like the most difficult X Men. Fair enough. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Yeah. I, uh, I called mine Bizarre Love Septagon. <laughs> uh, we, because, let's that, face that it. That was a New Order song, right? So it's uh, Batman, <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> the X-Men really are about just let's, let's see how many teenage love romances we can get into the book. Um, That's so my life philosophy. Thank you, Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So I started with Beast because he, I just love him. You, you know, and I'm talking about like 90s cartoon Beast where you're wandering around quoting Longfellow. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indubitably. Oh, my stars. That's, uh, That's the Beast I love. So he's, yeah. he's cool. Uh, you got to add in Nightcrawler because he's going to marry the others later in the Leapchen. book. Um, <laughs> uh, then we've got Wolverine, Kitty Pride, Rogue, Colossus, because, wow, that's just... <laughs> you, you just don't want to be in the X-Mansion at night. No. Um, <laughs> and Magneto, uh, because ah. I think he is probably the most interesting characteristic in the X-Men at any given time mm. ever. True. That's true. Especially, That's especially true. if Professor X is a given. I'm also okay. going to add Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you, now. can you do the boys? Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> Give when me I, your helmet. When I was younger, I met a man named Eric Lencher. <laughs> your body is made of metal. <laughs> Mutation. We should play chess after this. <laughs> we should totally do it. Logan. Um, <laughs> all right. Welcome to right. X-Men Now, I school. saw some people nodding along over here, or possibly just nodding off. Um, Probably a bit of both. Now... I've got two fabulous prizes here I'm going to give away. One of them is toy-related, one of them is book-related. If one of you, or two of you preferably, is brave enough to come up to the microphone and tell me... Se- just name do seven it. X-Men if you can't think of seven favourites. I can and see you thinking... I will give you a thing and do it quickly because this is audio. Who knows? Come on, come on somebody come on. can do come it. On, here yeah, it comes. Here we here go. Comes. Round of applause for him, please. Thank Yay. you. Hey. Uh, to the now, stage, young please. man, what's your name? <laughs> what is your name, sir? Hello, darlings. <laughs> I'm Jow. Sit down on the couch. <laughs> I'm sitting on a couch. Seven X-Men. Seven. I would actually pick uh, all-female casts. Ooh. So give me some ladies. Rachel Summers, Jean Grey, Kitty Pride, Jubilee, Dazzler. Come on, two more. Hang on. Two more. Dazzler! Emma, Emma Frost. <laughs> Emma Frost. There you go. Emma, Emma Frost. Frost, yeah. And, um, and that way you just have like... Psylocke. There you go, that'll do. Represent. Someone's listening to was us. That just the, was, was that just the hashtag Batgirling of the X-Men? Yes. Because <laughs> then you just have it's Professor X. Balls, that one. <laughs> then you just have Professor X with a bunch of ladies just wondering what to do. Just, all yeah. these ladies. 
I love that idea. <laughs> Professor X, X Mansion no, 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 is no, no, a Playboy no, Mansion. No, 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 let's let's say it out loud, right? <laughs> Professor X with a bunch of ladies not knowing what to do. <laughs> Xavier's Angels. Thank you, Dow. Xavier's Angels. Now, we've got... I'm in a wheelchair for a reason. <laughs> Would you like Dancing Baby Groot? Exhaustion. Probably not. Or... <laughs> volume, t- volume 2... <laughs> No, we're going to give him a game into the graveyard book, which we will be covering next time we're in but the store. But you have store. to get your volume on. <laughs> what are with these prizes? And if nobody else comes up, you get both of them. <laughs> You'll definitely take the book. Yeah. Round of applause Yay. for Jow, please. Yay. All right, who else? I who have, by process of elimination, I have a baby Groot with the name of... Anybody who just comes up and says something into a microphone. Come up and just point. rattle off <laughs> X-Men names, yeah, really, apparently. You can hey, talk about guys your who are day. Here for the book club. Maybe you one of you can come. Come on, one of you butt words and bubbles people. Come on. Anybody. <laughs> come don't on, guys. make us look We're bad. We're doing a pretty good job by ourselves. Come and name your ideal X-Men. Seven characters. Baby Groot is sad. <laughs> yes. Actual X-Men. Actual X-Men. Man in the blue shirt. Come, come, come on, Man guys. in the blue shirt. Come on I believe on your down. name is Luke. Luke, come up to the counter. Luke, to the counter. <laughs> so, your assuming meal is pre- ready. Professor X is a given, your ideal uh, X-Men team, seven members. Do they have to be mutants? <laughs> do they have to be mutants? <laughs> of course they have to be mutants. Hey. What are you talking about? Hey. I saw Deadpool written on your list. He's a mutant. <laughs> Yeah. You can't like include like Steve from Budget Rent a Car or something. He's not doesn't no. count. So it has to be in the. In the Could Batman be like on Peter the X Men? What was that one? Okay, that's three. Because like Magneto, but there's two of them, so they're more interesting. She is so crazy. Also, drastically reducing the number of mutants constantly. Um, I like Cyclops. I'm going to put Cyclops on the team. We got we got four. <laughs> three. I thought Wanda what do we, and. Do we include? Is two. Oh, but I thought Cyclops. you mentioned, yeah. Professor X. I oh, know. Well, okay. We'll oh, Professor X just is given. Okay. He's there. He's in the X Mansion, not knowing what to do with the girls. Okay. So <laughs> he's in a wheelchair. He doesn't go far. <laughs> the twins. Ouch. Um, Too soon. Nightcrawler. You knew there had to be at least one, right? <laughs> oh, this is tough. Which actually brings me that there was a story going around this week about the next Wolverine movie maybe being a team-up with uh, Xavier and Wolverine, and someone's already called it <laughs> Wheels and Wolverine. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, where's my headmaster? Uh, and Colossus. Kidding Colossus. And I got one more? Oh, that's close enough. Here yeah, here's a prize. Oh, there. Cool. Hey. Congratulations. No, no, you just need to name X-Men. fine. (laughs) (laughs) We're running out of time. (laughs) I keep thinking about a Wolverine and a bone. I've never found it so hard to give away (laughs) prizes in my life. But that was fun. Next time we're here, as we just said, we're going to be back here on the 11th of March. And we're going to be doing Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book Volumes 1 and 2. And and 1 and 2. 1 and 2. 1 and and (laughs) 2. 
So volume two. Do number one first. You can get to the, you, can, you can do it in any order you like, really. It's just crazy. The way you guys you, you guys had better be coming back because I haven't felt like I've got my full panel's experience here because... <laughs> Dave has not promised to eat a shoe. <laughs> no. Richard, Richard and nor has he said Age of Ultron And once. we don't have an Age of Ultron story for him to call out. So oh, Richard damn. has not made enough dirty jokes. Like do you the, think, the Dave, do you think that Spider-Man could turn up in Avengers? Age of Ultron! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice. Is, is that movie coming out any time near uh, Batman and Superman? Dawn of Justice. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> it's gonna leave you two guys with your catchphrases down in this room. We'll be here after the show, guys. Look, <laughs> we have got to give a massive thanks to you, Jamie, uh, for welcoming us here to Good Games Hurstville You're very for welcome. all your gaming needs in the Hurstville area. <laughs> all that, was area. that was that awkward. was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I was rocking a dual mic for a second there. <laughs> Jamie, uh, thank you so much. I wanted so to double your power. Here. Yeah, look, um, the store is really like my own personal little geek mecca. Um, it's, it's got comics, it's got games, it's got all the cool stuff that I love personally. So if you love that stuff too, if you like this show, you're probably going to like my stuff. Come in and check it out. It's an awesome store. We, we almost found it by chance. Yeah, you've got games, you've got comics, you've got all sorts of geekery here. You've also got the Words in Bubbles uh, graphic novel, graphic discussion, novel group. discussion group, which meets... One month, uh, one Wednesday a month. One Wednesday a month. And uh, we're here for the next one, which is Neil Gaiman book, but it's on every month. It is, so and you can find us on Facebook. Comics, just yep. look up Words in Bubbles or Good Games Hurstville. Uh, either one will get you to us. And uh, It's usually not this chaotic or, or, or uh, loud. Generally not, no. no. But, um, but uh, there, There's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons going on around us. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are having a ball. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been playing it is. secretly under the table the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've been doing under you've the table. You've been playing <laughs> secretly under the table. In my one oh, no. sock. Okay. <laughs> that's the, like uh, a Matthew Riley book called Innuendo. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> to the audience, it would look like I'm rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> there was a visual gag there. The two ladies in the other room. Thank God we're not on video. <laughs> Although Nicholas has taken a lot of photos. Yes. So there is evidence. Will those um, be up on, uh, on your website? Sorry? Will those be up on your website? They will be up on our website, which is behindthepanels.net. Uh, what was that again, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> behindthepanels.net. Oh. You can also find us on Facebook at Behind the Panels or on Twitter if you're a Twitterer. Did you know that Twitter did something weird today and just locked everybody out for about an hour and told us that we were all spam? Cool. Let's close the doors and say, no, nah, I had enough. It shows you how much I go on Twitter. I didn't even notice it. No. <laughs> but you can find us on Twitter at Behind the Panels. Uh, you can find me personally, if you found me the most interesting one of the group, um, or the least interesting one of the group and you want to go out of your way to avoid me, uh, on Twitter at DVD Bits. You can find me at BehindThePanels.net. Uh, you can also find me at my other podcast, Podcast Pillow Fort. Dot com, which is a podcast about podcasts. Oh, meta, 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 meta. And, and knitting Whoa. last time I listened. That was cool. And, and knitting, yeah. No, there's a lot of knitting that goes on there. <laughs> David, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at David McVeigh or at geekactually.com, which is the host of this show and other shows such as Podcast Pillow Fort and the soon coming back Geek Actually podcast, which will be back at the end of February. Oh, I'm very excited about that. The return of a myself. legend. Can we, can we have say. a crowd pop for that? 
No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 They're not interested. Wait, wait. If we say, if we say, if we say, how's your game going? They'll probably all cheer. Yeah. We'll just say it's ours. We'll just cut it in. You know? Someone's <laughs> clapping. Dave Longo, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter at Dave Longo or damngoodcup.com. And if you want to send me hate mail, you can send it to Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> hey, Dave, and did you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dave. where all your hate mail's been going, Jack. Dave, did you ever get your Kingsman review up? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. I saw it. <laughs> But if you oh, want to a special a Blu-ray one. two disc edition review. <laughs> I really w- I, w- I want to see that website. Yeah, <laughs> you should go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys sound like you've got a lot Damn to work out. Com. So I'll let you, you can do check that. out the brand new uh, next Captain week America on the show, Winter Soldier. If you've enjoyed review. what you've heard tonight, you can uh, tune back in next week for issue 130 to listen to our coverage of the Spider Verse event, which is where all the Spider Men from all walks. And, and before Mike Wheeler writes in, not Spider Island, not Spider Island. Well, <laughs> Spider Island might make its way in this. <laughs> I don't know. Does it, Nicholas? Nod? No, no. No, thank God for that. No, no. not even Marvel-like in Spider-Man at this Spider-verse, point. All right. uh, so tune in next week for that. But until then, I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> and I hate Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> and this has been Behind the Panels Live. Woo! Behind the Panels is a production of GeekActual.com. It was a stormy night. The house rocked with wind. My trusty sidekick, what son, walked on in. What's up, Holmes? What son? There's a man here to see you. Jimmy Mortimer. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm sorry to say, but I've been given quite a shock. That and lightning seems to crackle every time I talk. I've come from Baskerville, where a murder's taken place. Or did you see who?